Hey friends, I'm Sharon Betters, and this is the Daily Treasure Podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And I am so glad that you've joined us for our Christmas series called Journey to Christmas with the Midwives of the Messiah. And it's our prayer, our the team at Mark Inc., that these devotionals will just be a few minutes out of your day where you can take time to just stop and think about Christmas. Think about the incredible ways God's sovereignty shows up in the Christmas story and how that same sovereignty shows up in your life. He could be trusted then and he can be trusted now. So today's devotional is called Do the Next Thing. And today's treasure is from Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What should we do while we are waiting for the Lord to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert? Elizabeth Elliot, author, speaker, and spiritual mother to thousands, regularly shared her no-nonsense approach to living a life of obedience to the Lord. Shortly after our son Mark's death, I started reading her book, A Pathway Through Suffering, and within a few minutes, I wanted to throw the book across the room. Her matter-of-fact approach to sorrow and grief did not resonate with me, but I continued to read, sensing this wise woman who had lost so much had treasures to give me in my darkness. Sure enough, the Lord opened my heart to my need to respond in obedience to this pathway on which he had placed me. I later wrote a thank you note to Elizabeth for her candor and unflinching call for Christians to walk in obedience to their trustworthy God. This amazing woman responded with a handwritten note. I cannot wait to sit at her feet in heaven and listen as she praises our God for all his blessings. In the busyness of Christmas, some of us are overwhelmed, especially if we are trying to celebrate Christmas in the context of deep anguish and uncertainty. Elizabeth Elliot faced numerous similar seasons, especially after her husband Jim died at the hands of the very people he loved and wanted to introduce to Jesus. Elizabeth, against all human wisdom, returned to the very land of his death to continue the work Jim had started. If you've never had the blessing of Elizabeth's influence in your life, I strongly urge you to search for her books and archived radio broadcasts on Gateway to Joy. One of her best-known messages is Do the Next Thing. The following is a partial transcript from one of her messages on Gateway to Joy. I include the poem she references at the end. How often the words, do the next thing, helped guide me out of a dark period. I need to hear this message again and again. I'm confident you will be encouraged to do the next thing as you wait on the Lord. And this is from Elizabeth Elliot, Do the Next Thing. When I went back to my jungle station after the death of my first husband, Jim Elliot, I was faced with many confusions and uncertainties. I had a good many new roles, besides that of being a single parent and a widow. I was alone on a jungle station that Jim and I had manned together. I had to learn to do all kinds of things, which I was not trained or prepared in any way to do. It was a great help to me simply to do the next thing. Have you had the experience of feeling as if you got far too many burdens to bear, far too many people to take care of, and far too many things on your list to do? You just can't possibly do it. And you get in a panic and you just want to sit down and collapse in a pile and feel sorry for yourself. 
Well, I felt that way a good many times in my life. And I go back over and over again to an old Saxon legend, which I'm told is carved in an old English parsonage somewhere by the sea. I don't know where this is, but this is a poem which was written about that legend. The legend is, do the next thing. The poem says, do it immediately. Do it with prayer. Do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing his hand who placed it before thee with earnest command. Stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his wing, leave all resultings, do the next thing. That is a wonderfully saving truth. Just do the next thing. Elizabeth goes on to tell about applying this in her missionary work and then ask the listener, what is the next thing for you to do? Small duties, perhaps? Jobs that nobody will notice as long as you do them. A dirty job that you would get out of if you could have your own preferences. Are you asked to take some great responsibility which you really don't feel qualified to do? You don't have to do the whole thing right this minute, do you? I can tell you one thing that you do have to do right this minute. It's the one thing that is required of all of us every minute of every day. Trust in the living God. Now what is the next thing? Well, perhaps it's to get yourself organized. Maybe you need to clean off your desk. If you have a desk job, that needs to be done. Maybe you need to clean out your kitchen drawers. If you're going to do your kitchen work more efficiently, maybe you need to organize the children's clothes. I know an enormous job that is for Valerie, my daughter. All of a sudden, the children are coming out saying, I can't wear this, this is too short, this is too long, this doesn't fit me anymore. What do you do with those things? If you're going to save them for the next child, you've got to put them somewhere where you can find them. So you just do that one thing. Somehow or other, peace of God descends upon us when we take things calmly, peacefully, and humbly as the next thing that God has assigned us to do. About three years ago, I think it was, my daughter and her husband were going away for a weekend and taking with them the nursing baby. The baby was just a few weeks or months old. Val and Walt decided to go off for a weekend. They asked me if I could stay with the other children. I was delighted. I live on the other side of the continent from my children and grandchildren, and I was delighted for the opportunity. So I stayed with them. In the first day, I don't remember ever being so busy in my life. I mean, it was Granny this and Granny that. Granny, will you read us a story? And Granny, can we have some more juice? And Granny, will you pull up my pants? Granny, would you pull my pants down? Granny, can we have some juice? Granny, can we go outside? Granny, what time is supper? Until I really thought I would go mad. Well, my dear sweet daughter had the good news to call me that evening. She said, well, Mama, how are you doing? I said, wonderfully, Val. And then I said, but I'm not sure I can make it through the next three days. Then I assured her that her children were wonderful children. They are not disobedient. They are not unruly. Everything was going along really very well when you think of the way some households are run. But I said, I keep thinking, Valerie's got a baby to nurse. That takes about six hours a day. How does she do it? So tell me, Val, how do you do it? She laughed and she said, Well, Mama, I'll tell you how. I do what you told me years ago to do. Do the next thing. Don't sit down and think of all the things you have to do. That will kill you. It's overwhelming. It's daunting if you think of all the things that are involved in a task. Just pick up the next thing. And here is the poem from an old English parsonage down by the sea. 
There came in the twilight a message to me, its quaint Saxon legend, deeply engraven, hath, it seems to me, teaching from heaven. And on through the doors the quiet words ring, like a, like a low inspiration, do the next thing. Many a questioning, many a fear, many a doubt hath its quieting here. Moment by moment that down from heaven, time, opportunity, and guidance are given. Fear not tomorrow's child of the king, trust them with Jesus, do the next thing. Do it immediately, do it with prayer, do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing his hand, who placed it before thee with earnest command. Stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his wing, leave all results, do the next thing. Looking for Jesus, even serener, working or suffering, be thy demeanor. In his dear presence, the rest of his calm, the light of his countenance, be thy psalm. Strong in his faithfulness, praise and sing. Then as he beckons thee, do the next thing. Well, friends, here we are. It's Saturday, and we are one week closer to celebrating the most incredible uh, event of all of history, and that is the birth of our incredible Savior, Jesus. And as we journey to uh, Christmas, unfortunately, lots of the hard places in life do not go away, do they? Sometimes the holidays make those times even more difficult as we hear of all the happy things around us, and yet we sometimes are in the battle for our life. And Katie Hudson would understand exactly where you are if that's what you are experiencing. I want you to imagine hearing these words, make no mistake, without treatment, this is fatal. Katie Hudson heard that message from her oncologist who made it clear that without aggressive treatment, Katie would die. Within 72 hours, she was having chemotherapy. Her diagnosis was inflammatory breast disease, and it was relentless in attempting to take over her body. In this conversation, Katie and I talk about breast cancer because I myself am a breast cancer survivor. We talk about Katie's journey and how writing poetry helped her express her deepest fears and how seeing her feelings and emotions take shape on paper gave them less control over her. Friends, you don't have to be a breast cancer warrior woman to be encouraged and challenged by Katie's perspective. In fact, Katie says that as she pulled her poetry together and shared it with some friends that did not have breast cancer, they expressed how important her words were in helping them deal with some of their own struggles. And so I know that even if you don't have breast cancer, this conversation is for you. Katie captures the essence of her battle in her book called Now I Lay Myself Down to Fight. Think of that. Now I Lay Myself Down to Fight. Definitely every woman facing breast cancer will resonate with Katie's battle cry. Go to helpandhopenow.org and look for the Help and Hope link and check out this conversation that I had with Katie Hudson about breast cancer and the book that she's written, her poetry, in Now I Lay Myself Down to Fight. I'm Sharon Betters, and I look forward to being with you tomorrow as we continue on our journey to Christmas with the midwives of the Messiah.